I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast and occasionally talk fantasy basketball, though I haven't done that in a long time. Natty, how are you doing today? Howdy and what's up? Yeah, fantasy. Jesus. <laughs> Remember that thing? I, Remember how that was like the origin of this show? My main league, we still haven't really come to a decision on how we're treating the fantasy season like we don't know if we're going to do an asterisk if we're just going to say do over yeah we just haven't decided i imagine a bunch of leagues are like that yeah my main league i guess espn just decided that the winner is whoever had the best record which was like uh not a fan not a fan of that i mean i I placed third but i was still like uh no, no, no. Yeah, like I think this. most dynasty leagues are going to be like, uh, let's just have a discussion and try right. some kind of agreement. Right. Um, so even though there's no fantasy basketball to talk about, there is and no more mellow. Plenty, I know. I know. Mm. Well, there's still hope. We we're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about the uh, the future of the Oklahoma City Thunder on the second half of this podcast. Maybe, maybe we're going to, maybe we'll see a Chris Paul, Carmelo Knicks team in 2021. Who says no? I think <laughs> Mello might. He seemed like if Portland wants him back, it sort of seems oh, like yeah. he wants to go oh. back. Yeah. I don't, don't, don't go to, don't go back to New York, Mello. Uh, but before we talk about that, we do have to, we, uh, I'm going to start this show, Natty. Uh, Dr. Take a Stethoscope shot, is dude. on. Like take Stethoscope a pull off is of on. Yeah. Oh, you're going doctor. I thought you were going to go full rant. Okay. I'm we're sorry. Gonna, we're going to start. We're going to start doctor. We're going to start with the stats. Sure. Show. We're going to start Dr. Pete because I do say like it, it is, it has gotten lost on me a little bit, but this Raptor Celtic series has been fucking incredible. Like every single, except for the one blowout game, the Celts had like every game has been tight contested back and forth tremendous defense like neither of these teams are are backing down or letting the other one get the upper hand like this is a fucking battle from tip off to to double overtime and last night's game game six dr pete says was an incredible viewing experience and i can completely understand how if you are an unbiased member of the basketball community and watching that game, you were like, Jesus, this is incredible, like gorgeous, beautiful, double overtime. It can't get more exciting than this. Uh, so I will, I- I'm starting off with a positive note, Natty, and putting positive vibes out there that this, it should be stated how incredible this series has been and how much it's lived up to the hype. 
completely agree. This is reminiscent of the Bulls Celtics series yep. from what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Um, the Clip Spurs series. Like, this is just fucking great, aside from game one. And the the most interesting thing I thought about last night's game was A, if Gordon Hayward were playing, he uh, really would have helped out some of those gassed players at the end. Yeah. Um, four of the Celtics' five starters had 50-plus minutes. And B, maybe this series sucks if Gordon Hayward is playing. Like, maybe it's a Boston yeah. blowout. Maybe Toronto destroys them because Gordon's shot isn't there. Or something. Like, there's... I don't want to say Ewing theory, but I do think that it's interesting how good the series has been, even though he's not there. And he's one of the best players in the end. Or he, he's upper echelon of players yeah. in the NBA. I think you're totally right, because I think Gordon, the addition of Gordon would push this to either side of the middle. Right. It's not I don't think this series would be as tight, as much of a battle as even if Gordon was in either. I think he would swing the pendulum far to the Celtics way. And we would just see the Celtics win maybe in like five and there'd be one or two close games. Or as we've seen in the past where the addition of Gordon just like limits the minutes of Jalen limits, the minutes of smart limit those minutes to the point where they just can't quite get into a rhythm. And that ultimately sinks the Celtics and they're unable to kind of get what we've seen, which has been God damn it this emergence of, of Jalen Brown and Tatum has been a little it, but Marcus smart and, and JB have been on point this series. Um, they and, were the bef- only two players of the starting five oh, with a God. positive plus minus last night. By they the were, way. they were incredible last night before, before I take the stethoscope off and whoo, we, <laughs> we just, talk about things natty because i've got uh, this is gonna be a <laughs> cathartic episode for me i have lots to vent about let's just talk it out it's therapy i uh i do want to we we should spend a little time talking about the raptors and just talking about how this team was down oh two you know came back in a huge game three to win that then won game four uh then took game six obviously in double overtime really thanks to Kyle Lowry. Like it's been Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet who have emerged. I mean, Fred Van Fleet, especially and Kyle Lowry, this team was supposed to be Pascal Siakam, right? That was it. That was mm-hmm. the, the passing of the torch from Kwai to Pascal. And we were going to finally see, he missed the series last year. He missed the playoffs last year. It's like, this is Pascal's moment. And Kwai, I mean, uh, uh, Kyle Lowry has been like, no, sorry. This is, this is my series. Like I'm still, I am still the face of the Toronto Raptors, even with, uh, with, you know, the torch seemingly being passed to Pascal Siakam. So credit to where credit's due. Quiet. Uh, I keep saying quiet and Kyle are too similar. They're too similar. <laughs> Natty. Uh, Lowry, Lowry has certainly, has certainly, uh, put his balls on the line for this series. And, and as you know, they have treated him well. Leonard and Lowry sounds like an awesome buddy cop show, by the way, or like private. Almost as good as almost as good as Demar and Kyle. Kyle and Demar. Uh, Still one of the greatest tragedies of of the NBA in the last five years that those two besties were separated. I it's 
dev especially because of like what ended up happening for kyle but not for jar i know so 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 crushing but you know man last night when the second overtime started i was just thinking jesus pete and i were so right before the season started with how we felt about toronto because this is how a champion plays yeah when their backs are against the wall they remember who they are and they work harder and they try to be smarter and they just i mean it was it was pretty ugly from the fourth quarter on for a lot of that game but and especially you could just tell how tired people were especially in the first overtime like yeah. i think people sort of yeah. got a Oh my God. Fifth wind for the second one, but like people weren't running back to defend. Right. <laughs> you know, like it was just open. Sh- it was like everyone was struggling to score at the end of the fourth. And then the first overtime was just everyone just draining shots like wild. And it's just that sort of like it wasn't a rock fight, it was just a hard fought battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yep. both these teams are so well coached and they have such smart players. They're so, so, so good at defense. Both these teams are so good at defense. Toronto was good on defense, even without having the defensive player of the year, Marcus all from like, he just can't play in this series. Really. He's not. His, yeah. He made that one. Yeah. Three when the Raptors on. went small, they, they were, that was tough. Yeah. Like that was OG I mean, Tice, at center. Yeah. Tice had Tice was, you know, able to take advantage on the boards and, and they, did a couple of alley-oops to him, which were made me oh, ecstatic. That Marcus but like, Smart pass inside where it was just like, no, you're taller shit. than him. Oh, my God. But He had but, a triple-double last night. I mean, I know, double overtime, but still. It's, it's, all right, we're start. I'm starting to take, the stethoscope starting to fall. It is, it, it blows my mind. It enrages me <laughs> that the Celtics lost that game. It enrages me that Marcus Smart's performance goes down in a, double overtime loss because he was fucking incredible that game fucking incredible so is jb jalen was also just shooting light i mean he went had a little slump but there but it was also just rising to the occasion but mark is fucking smart man like i cannot say enough about what he means to the celtics to like basketball i i mean first team all defense thank god like thank you Thank you. That's gonna. That's an evergreen thing now. Like he's going to be winning that every single year. Like he, things are just clicking for him. And I think Marcus is, Marcus is going to be a, a whole new player next year. And I cannot wait for it. If I were Houston, I'd trade anything to have Marcus Smart with Harden. <laughs> but my favorite thing about Smart last night was uh, when when he fouled, quote unquote. Lowry and Lowry didn't flop, but like Marcus Smart's expression while they were reviewing yeah. it was just chef's kiss. It was so because obviously Smart does bullshit too. Like everybody two does of, bullshit. All the these two guards, the, all Lowry, Lowry and Smart together is just. And I saw this. This was this was uh, uh, Wob Wob tweeted this out where it was just the two Spider Man memes falling on the yeah. ground, and it's just when when Lowry and Smart face each other, they both bitch about the other flopping, and they both flop. Totally. It's just like uh, the OKC Thund- or the OKC Houston right. series. Right. Like everyone's flopping anytime, everywhere. CP3 argues about anything and then does the exact same thing. In my opinion, though, CP3 gets to do whatever he wants because of that untucked jersey thing. Like that's <laughs> just an all-timer. That should be in the Hall of Fame. That is yeah. such an incredible moment. Look, yeah. his shirt's undone. <laughs> but, okay, 
Jalen Brown led all players in rebounds last night. Kind of helpful. Uh, There's, I, I understand why you would be upset about this game. If you're a Celtics fan, because should we get into it? Should we, should we dive into why I'm upset about this game? Dude, if this is like, this is the hardest game that the new Celtics have ever had to play and they lost. And they lost, they lost by three, and they didn't one have a player. Person, one person lost the Celtics this game. You know who that person is, Natty? Well, it's not me. <laughs> no, no, you did not lose the Celtics this game. Is it Brad uh, Wanamaker? His name is Tony fucking Brothers. Uh, yeah. That, there were, okay. Huh. Sure, let you me, lost by one bucket. Like, there's, take it, yeah, the, absolutely. The fact that you need. Kemba Walker got manhandled smacked to the fucking ground on that final drive at the end of Mm -hmm. regulation and the whistle suddenly magically the whistle choking the refs in the middle of their throat because they swallow it despite the fact that any time like the they were whistling every little ticky tack thing and yet game on the line Kemba Walker all six feet of him goes charging into the paint gets rocked back of the head by OG Ananobi, clear as day, <laughs> hits the ground, hits the deck. Everyone in the fucking gym saw that that was a foul. And the refs are like, no, no. It's actually Raptors ball. Somehow, someway. Magic. Fucking magic. With Lowry, like, calling timeout even before the ball was in before anybody's the ball's hands, in his possession incredible like that's oh that's how God. bulldog and smart he is and like kemba and the had a bad game and i think that's why they didn't no but i think that's why like if he had been on fire i think he gets that call he ended I, last night's game with five points in 52 minutes yeah like no, kemba was kemba was like uh, if you want that call, Kyle make Lowry, some shots. I, I sort of feel right. like I, I get it. I get it. In a but. game where Kyle Lowry fucking was shooting the lights out all of a sudden and Kemba gave you apps, gave us absolutely nothing. Like that is a, it is amazing that the Celtics were in that game. Right. I mean, it's just like, that was, that was a tough game anyways, but God damn that final no call. And then there are two other moments that, that I will not be able to forgive Tony brothers for, for the rest of existence. Jason Tatum drives to the basket and gets called for an offensive foul because he tucks his shoulder into, I think it was uh, Powell. It's either Powell or Van Fleet. Oh, it was Norm. We're going to talk about Norm. (laughs) So, So he tucks his shoulder into Norm. Norm does his little stumble, sells it, offensive foul. Fine. Literally the next play, the Raptors going down. It's like Pascal Siakam, I think, is driving. And does the shoulder into Tatum or Jalen? Jalen, it was Jalen because Jalen was covering all day. And the refs called a foul on Jalen. The exact same thing happened. And the refs and he called had al- it. He already had place. a few at that point, I think. Oh, my God. It was just, it was, I, I understand bad calls can happen. And we haven't even touched on Nick Nurse humping the fucking corner of the goddamn court, <laughs> pretending to be a basketball player, and Tatum throws the ball at him. But. I understand bad calls happen. That's that's never my issue. Like, you make a bad call, shit happens. Refs, it's I, I don't pretend that it's easy to to ref a professional sports game. Like, it's got to be extremely impossible. 
but for the love of God, at <laughs> least be wrong consistently. Like if you're not going to call it, don't call it then when it happens literally seconds later. Right. Like an umpire with the strike zone. If your strike zone's going to yes. be big, fine, but it's big the whole fine. game. Yes. Yep. hundred percent. And for both I, sides. I don't have a problem with that. If you're going to fuck up or, or, or you want to, if you want to call ticky tack calls all game long, call ticky tack calls all game long, but don't go swallowing the whistle with three minutes left because you don't want to be a part of the game. Well then don't fucking be doing ticky tack calls throughout the whole game. Right? Like, Anywho, that's I, I I have voiced most of my Celtics frustration. It's just it it sucks to watch a game in which Marcus Smart was just putting it all out there. Jalen was playing out of his mind. Like that, this team was was there. It was there for the taking, and it went into double overtime. And ultimately, the biggest takeaway is that the the refs. We're involved. The refs played a part in it. And that's a shitty, it's a shitty argument to make. I don't like making it, but like you shouldn't have, I, it sucks leaving that game being like, that wasn't like the two best teams bashing it out. And this was the result. It was like the two best teams bashing it out. And one team got a slight nudge when it mattered most. And now it's all a new game seven, which is going to literally give me a heart attack. And it's hard not to think that, like all of a sudden the East has three good teams that are still in it and the West don't like, I kind of feel like the rosters in the East that are left are maybe on the whole, just as good, if not better than the Western teams. And yeah, the, you know, the at this are, point, things are kind oh, of swapped sorry, around ahead. there. Oh no, I was just going to say things have kind of swapped there. Yeah. It's I mean, Boston just looks so 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 good and they're so young and the heat looks so 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 good and they're constructed so well and the raptors look so 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 good and they're the champions whereas out in the west it's like okay you need playoff rondo in order to beat a a houston team that you're sort of shutting down but you know if their shots start going in who knows the clippers are game to game I mean, Denver is not as good as any of the three East teams that are left. And I I don't know. I think this is maybe going to be the best series in the playoffs. And I sort of feel like if Boston had played that game against any of the other teams that are still in the bubble, I think they would have won. I think yeah. this was yeah. I think this was the yeah. Raptors winning more than the Celtics losing. I, I yeah. get all the ref stuff. I totally no, I, do. I, I think you're totally right. I think like, this if you took double this per- overtime if you, yeah. shit. If you took this performance and and just like put it against any other team currently in the playoffs, do, does do the Celtics lose that game? I don't know. Uh, I will say they though, were, what my what, ugh, what I'm so good. What I'm absolutely terrified about is games is the is game seven. Just that this whole series is exhausting, mm-hmm. and the Heat have slightly broken a sweat. Jimmy Butler is like perspiring a little bit, but has had plenty of time to dab at it. And whomever comes out of this game is just going to like, we thought we thought that they were going to face a Bucks team that was vulnerable, right? That, it, that, that the Raptors and Celtics, whoever won that game was going to win the East because they were facing a vulnerable Bucks team. And it, no, the heat took advantage and, and knocked out that vulnerable Bucks team. 
and now it's just like I'm I I'm not thrilled that the, I want the Celtics obviously to win game seven, but I also think that it's then no sure bet that they're going to make it to the finals. Cause they're going to be just exhausted. And Jimmy buckets and that heat team are going to be like, this is like, let's go for it. Let's just, you know, put on the throat and finish them. Yeah. I'm wondering if the NBA will give two days in between the end of this series and the beginning of the Eastern conference finals. Whereas usually it would just be one. Yeah. Um, again, like before the season, we were talking about how dangerous Miami could be. Uh, these teams are just, they're really well constructed. They have dudes that know how to penetrate. And just for a second to go back to Boston. Yeah. Here are the three players that took free throws for Boston last night. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. Nobody else went to the line that's unacceptable Kemba Walker has to like you have to be able to penetrate and try to get contact and he did bless his heart he did he did did every single time he drive and he didn't get a single call dude two for 11 from the floor one for six from there it just it wasn't falling for him last night but you have to try to manufacture points if you're going to be the point guard of the team like that's why you guys were even in the game is because at, at during the first quarter, Marcus Smart just sort of realized something was like, all right, I'm the point guard now. Kemba, like yeah. you're, yeah. It's just not, and he was the distributor for the rest of the game. He ended up with 10 assists, which I think is more than anybody. Yeah, he was the assist leader in the game. Uh, Marcus was. It's, it's not an, like Kemba just came out after the previous game saying it's unacceptable for me to shoot that. Like you, if, if your shot isn't going in, you have to be able to get to the line. And that's right. going to be, I think, the a fundamental factor of all of the playoff games going forward in, the, right, in both right, the right. conference finals. It's like the Heat have shooters everywhere, but they also have like really smart defenders. And I think that's the common thread with all the three East teams that are left. Everybody's a really good defender. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Not dude. sure I, mean, I feel that way about the Western teams. This this East is, I mean, this is a fucking incredible. It's been a ton of fun to watch. And, and, and if the Bucks had Ed Brogdon, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Oh, I do know. It they wouldn't have been beaten in whatever five games or six games, five games. Like I, yeah, it's they, they needed this one is, more. This dude. is why. Just I, I, I. uh Normally, I try to get paid for these things, Natty, but I'm going to offer just a little bit of free advice to NBA owners and GMs <laughs> and, and general roster builders out there. Benevolent Pete. Pay the good players on your team. There. That's some free advice for you. Just Hard agree. I, I would take that you advice know, if I ran a team. You know, just, just a thought that I kind of crapped up into my head, and I was like, I'm going to put this out there. Uh, maybe you should pay your best players. So, I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with the Bucks, and I'm sure we'll have an off-season discussion about it. Um, but the three teams that are left in the East all play like three teams that could win the finals. Mm-hmm. And they have wave attacks. Like, there were a couple of people that didn't play last night for Toronto. You know, like Rondé Halls-Jefferson is on Toronto, Stan John, <laughs> Terrence Davis. But Norm Powell, Norm Powell had 23 points last night. He went to the line nine 
times. That's second pretty, only to Jason Tatum. That's pretty easy how to go you to fucking the line win. You're getting all the calls. Just saying. Dude, yeah, but they won by three, and he he went eight for nine from the line. Like that's yeah. it's not just getting the calls; it's capitalizing on it, which oh, is yeah. something that no, the Tatum, Lakers Tatum, don't generally do. Tatum missed three free throws. Yeah, he missed yeah. three free throws and then lost by three. So and and no one else was really penetrating and no. taking contact. So that's. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that in game seven, I'm hoping game seven is is the Jason Tatum like clicks into the Mamba mentality and is just like, fuck this, I'm not losing. Because he he looked off last night. He was not he had some costly turnovers down the stretch. He missed those three free throws. Like he wasn't as that he had one absolutely gorgeous three pointer that almost made me shit my pants, but uh, late in the game, but he, he just seemed tentative. He didn't seem like he, he looked like Tatum of 2019 flashed up again, which had me terrified. And I need Tatum that we've seen of 2020. I need, I need, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth, Natty, but I need the Tatum that learned under the tutelage of Kobe Bryant to show up in week in game seven. On I don't think you're wrong. Tatum shot 21 times last night. How many times do you think Jalen shot? 25. 30. Damn. He was 11 for 30 last night. Damn, Jalen. Like, it's not just about... It's not just about Kemba and his shot selection. It's about... Like, when Tatum and Kemba aren't shooting well then I feel like Jalen and Marcus are like, well, fuck you. Like, we'll do right. it, then we'll do it. You know, right. like, it, I feel like they're the duo, and then it's Kemba and Tatum. So I sort yeah. of feel like game seven is going to be Tatum and Kemba. And, God, you know, Kemba will have, like, 25 points. Tatum will have close to 30. Um, God, I love that. But, you know, like, Boston, he like, Tatum started looking off when Toronto took, well, when Gasol took himself out. And yeah, then they, when went, they went small. small. Yeah. And, yep. and that, I mean, that changed the whole game. Yeah. And they're going to do that. I, this game seven, game seven is going to be, we, we, we've got a lot. We've spent a lot of time, obviously, on this because, I mean, tell it's, me there's a better the story going on in the NBA. Right. Yeah. Tell me there's something better going on in the NBA. Um, but we do want to talk uh, about the Thunder and, and just kind of some of the uncertainty there, given that, uh, Billy Donovan's not returning. But before Natty, we do, any any final thoughts? Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Tr- oh yeah, okay. What's 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 your game seven prediction? What is what is your what are your uh, your cojones telling you? Your loins. Well, with game sevens, I'm I'm sticking with my boys. I'm going Toronto. Um, a terrible human, and I never want you back on this podcast. I know, but I was like, if Norm Powell hit 23 points last night, dude, that's not happening like, again. He Get came in and did exactly what they asked him to. OG was OG had a good game. Like it's uh and it's kind and of startling how good that team can look. Honestly. And there's part of me that is like absolutely terrified that FEB, game seven is going to be three for thirteen from three. That probably won't happen again. Yeah. Game seven is I'm terrified game seven is going to be the game that Pascal Siakam finally decides to be good and i'm not here for it <laughs> and if they don't play gasol at all like what if I'll they just say we start it. small and then surge comes in off the bench 
it's yeah, it, yeah it's it's scary. But you know, uh, let's positives. Yo, Thice did everything that Tice whatever. Thice was great. Tice yeah. was looking so good. Anyways, uh, yeah, my game seven. I can't obviously. I'm not picking against the Celtics, and right. I have I have trend faith whatever you want to call it on my side. Uh, random random numbers as uh, the away team, quote unquote away team, has won every single game this series, and the Celtics are the away team. Game seven. Oh, so that's interesting. That that's so funny. That's cool. That's a good stat, actually. Yeah, nice. I'm taking it. I'm taking that stat to the bank. I I do have one more thing. Yeah. If Boston loses, I think it will be be it will be due to the fact that losing another that losing a perimeter player, yep, like their their bench, you know, like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's it's not. I mean, Wanamaker he was two for seven last night, and I, I just don't think that you want a guy like him out on the floor too much because like Marcus Smart and Kemba should be your distributors, and then. T- like you just shouldn't need him as much as they did last night. Granted, two overtimes. Romeo length like really yeah. terrible that he can't get like two minutes or something. But I yeah. mean that just go like if you had Hayward, this entire series could look different. Yeah. Nope. You're totally right. I think that's going to be something that the Celtics are. Whenever this off season hits for them, that's going to have to be a top priority for them. It's, it's just like Gordon Hayward. You can't rely on him playing. Like just treat as if Gordon Hayward's not on the roster, and if he's there, that's a beautiful bonus. But you need you the Celtics need depth at the wing position, where if anything happens, there is someone who can come in and still give you serviceable minutes and 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 score. And I know some people haters out there are going to be like, you could say that about every team. <laughs> the Boston Celtics should consider themselves to be Finals contenders next year, no matter yes. what happens this year. This Even is if the they window. Lose, yeah, for sure. You're you're a real team. Like you, yes. you strike this is, fear this into is, the heart. This is of the all window. Go make your moves to go capitalize on it. And Danny Age will. Danny Age will. Like you can't not tell me that Danny Age is going to put all of his uh all of his gold pieces in the pot when the when the pot is hottest. And I think that it's so hard to improve a good team. You know what I mean? Because it's not like mm-hmm. they're not going to get Kawhi. You know, they're not going to get LeBron. Like, how do you actually improve? Well, the Lakers are pretty certain they're going to get uh, Giannis. So, and and so are the Clippers. (laughs) So, you know, never say never. But it's also like a player like that can negatively impact the other players on your team. So it's like, you know, say you guys got Embiid somehow. That means that you're not going to go as quickly. That means that sometimes he's not going to be able to play. That means. it's going to be finding a player who's who's a, an accomplished role player and knows exact and is very clear and knows exactly what their role is because they tried this before, right? This was the whole Kem, uh, the whole Kyrie thing, where it was like we saw Tatum and Jalen emerge and being like, "This is our team. We're doing this. Let us lead." And then Kyrie came back and was healthy and was like, "Nah, sorry, dudes, it's my team." Uh, and everything kind of fell apart. And I think Kemba has been great for this team because, like you said, when Smart, Smart was like, ooh, Kemba, I see something off. I'm taking over. Kemba was like, cool, do it. Like, I trust you. Let's ride. And so that's that's what's going to need to happen. Um, so they're going to they'll, they'll get someone who will fill that spot. Can I say something that might oh, upset babe. you? Okay. Like All a right. player that would look pretty nice in Hayward's stead yeah. is also a guy that, kills the Celtics Is if it the Chris Bucks Milton? decide to blow it up. Yep. 
Hey man, I, you know, I'll he wouldn't it. look terrible there. And he then would. he doesn't play against you. That would be perfect. I would, I would, I am on board with that. That's the Bill Belichick method of like, this player has destroyed us when we've played against them. So we're going to sign him. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like you can get to the playoffs plan. with a fungible center. You know, like you don't need to Oh my to God, they did. Top, yeah, so. Give me Tyson and Time Lord all day long. That's fine. That's it. Yeah, just have a revolving door of, you know, whose game is going to, depending on matchups, yep. who gets to play, that's fine. You don't spend a lot of money on it. And then maybe you try to make a trade during the season to try to help your front court, but just for matchups. You know, it's like having Marcus Hall in your back pocket. The Raptors yep. didn't need him last night. Arguably, they but shouldn't have played him at all. But he's but still he's a fucking former defensive player of the year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. There's there's all the Game 7 talk and all the bo- Celtics-Raptors talk that we could possibly fit into uh, whatever 40 minutes that we're currently in. Uh, we are going to talk. What an amazing game. <laughs> it's so, it's going to be really good. It's going to give me a heart attack. It's my mm-hmm. brother and his wife and my parents are coming up uh, oh, just nice. for the weekend. But but they're going to watch it. And my brother is worse than I am when it comes to watching Celtics games. So my parents are going to be indoctrinated into uh, their two sons shouting well, that's great. at the TV. Don't, uh, don't have a gender reveal party and like burn the whole goddamn place down. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick ad break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. Uh, so I wanted to touch on the Thunder. That's what I wanted to kind of conclude the show with because obviously it was maybe not a super surprise, but well, what would you, would you have, did you consider it a surprise, Natty, when you found out that Billy Donovan and the Thunder kind of had a parting of ways and that he won't be back next year? I did. I thought that unless he wanted to leave, I sort of wondered, like, why not come come back for one more year because of how Mm -hmm. uncertain things are going to be. But, you know, maybe they have their eye on someone. Maybe he knows he has another job offer. Um, Maybe he just wanted to leave. Yeah. You know, I do think I do think that the I think where the heads probably clashed. I have a feeling that the thunder brass is like, hey, this year was great. What a lot of fun this was. But we are like in this retooling phase and we are not trying to like everyone's trying to contend, but they're not trying to like be a a serious presence in the West right now because I think they want these young guys to develop. They want to use this huge stash of picks that they have uh, from the Paul George trade 
And I think they're going to move CP3. And like, I just feel like that's going to happen. And I could see Billy Donovan being like, no, I want to like, this is this, what this feels like to me a little bit, not on the same level, obviously, but this feels a little like last dancey where, you know, maybe Billy Donovan was like, I want to run this team back and see what we can do. And the brass was like, we want to kind of start the rebuild. Uh, or the retooling. And so then they were like, okay, we're just going to go our separate ways. And I think you're right. I mean, I do think that I would be surprised if Billy Donovan did all of this without some sort of like back, you know, back pocket handshake. Uh, We are, you know, I've got, I've got something in the bag. The upsetting thing about it is that when you succeed, like the thunder did, if you, just get rid of all the context. You should just be like, well, yeah, of course you should run it back. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like yeah. Danilo Cincinnati's Gallinari is coming off of your books. That means that you could go get someone else or you could try to resign him to a reasonable uh, you. The OKC Thunder have the third highest payroll right now. They, so it's Portland, Miami. Okay. I'm on spot track. If anybody wants to check this OKC Thunder, Minnesota, hysterically love the it. Clippers. Cleveland, because of K-Love. Golden State, Wizards, amazing. Detroit, my God. Orlando. So all of that's going to change, obviously. But that's a good fucking team. And for real NBA heads like you and I, we knew it was a good fucking team before the season even started. It's okay to retool. It's okay to blow it up when you don't think that you have a chance or because, you know, X, Y, or Z. But when you're good and you know that you have wiggle room and you could get better, then that's really disappointing. Like Thunder fans are getting fucked again because they it should be run back. You should be like the first thing they should do is ask Steven Adams if he minds getting traded and if they can figure out a trade to get them a little bit more money so that they can re-sign Gallo. And then you keep that, and then everybody's just a year better in terms of the rookies and the young guys. Like, no reason aside from context to not run it back. But the context matters. The ownership group has been extremely successful. Perhaps they've earned a season to try to restart. I think that's a little bit fair, even though fuck those guys because they stole the team from Seattle when they said they wouldn't. Um, Truth. There, there's a real possibility that Chris Paul, despite everything that has been said and how well he did, maybe Chris Paul doesn't want to be there. Maybe he said, okay, I'm doing my hardest this year, then we're trading me. Um, Gallinari's 31. Maybe they don't want to give him big money, even though I feel like he'll age well, at least as a shooter. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little disappointing because if you're getting rid of your coach who has done a good job. He had a winning percentage. He got, he got the teams to the playoffs. If you're getting rid of him, then maybe that either means that you're like getting D'Antoni or it means Mm -hmm. that you're getting rid of the team, I think, or, or at least changing the roster so that like, you know, maybe a young coach that we've had our eye on comes in and, but then do you want a young coach with CP three? I don't know. No, I think CP three is getting traded. I, I just I have a hard time believing that he's going to be on the roster come 2021. Let me say this: Devil's Advocate, CP3 is sort of the guy that runs the team. He's sort of the coach anyway. Maybe he wants to stay. And Donovan was like, "Well, 
I, I don't want to just be window dressing. You know, I don't want to be the coach in, in just name only. So if Chris is staying, then maybe it's time for me to move on. Uh, devil's advocate, devil's advocate. Maybe Chris Paul is going to retire and then go right into the position of being the Thunder's next head coach. There's no way he's giving up $80 million for the next <laughs> two years. It, like, think about it this way. If it wasn't the OKC Thunder, like if that team, if that roster was the Pistons, mm. I think people would be like seriously fucking concerned for the future of the team, for the future of the franchise. It's like, what do you mean you just got rid of the coach that's taken us to the playoffs and yeah. has learned to work with <laughs> like, every single no, don't do this. come through there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, but because it's Oklahoma City and because they've had so much success for so long, kind of feel like maybe ownership is like this is our one chance because if we start another team that's good again then it's it people will be less forgiving it's almost like they are giving the fans the benefit of the doubt and being like listen you know we have sga like you know we have the infrastructure to get good again and we draft well and you know how successful we've been please just trust us this one year and we'll be back in two yeah i think that see to me that makes the most sense and I and I I have to feel like the Thunder did this with someone in mind, and I don't know if that's I, I can't remember. Uh, shoot, I saw somewhere that Becky Hammond has been ma- mentioned as a possible sure. head coaching candidate, but I don't know if it was for oh it was for the Pacers. I think I think for the Pacers is is something which I mean she I feel like is going to get a has to like, it's not even is going to, but like has to get a gig within the next couple of years. Right. I think that all depends on the players. If you're comfortable having a woman in the locker room when you're naked, then okay. If you're not, then they probably won't hire her. Yeah. Well, like she certainly has the talent to be a NBA. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But as we've seen with coaches of all stripes and colors, mm-hmm. like it, the, the players, if they don't like the coach, they're the coach is usually not going to be there unless you're the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what? But the you, Bulls didn't like their coach. That's weird. Never I know. Maybe before. they're going to hire Genius Jim. Uh, Becky Hammond is a good coach. Obviously, it's she keeps getting used though. I, I mean, she's. She's she, she she's gets be- used as she's like Rooney the- Rule cover, yes. just like yep. a bunch exactly. of the other like yep. uh, coaches of color. So, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Basically, yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, so I had to think the Thunder have a plan. If the Thunder do trade CP3, best the best landing spot for him, Natty, is in your opinion the best. I mean, the best is. Uh, on one of the LA teams, you think? Because I think it's oh, I think it's sure. the I think it's the Bucks just being like, "This is we Giannis, we heard you. We're sorry." See, I sort of feel like the Bucks front court is the problem, and like they mm-hmm. know, like we all know that the back court didn't do well, and they should have kept Brogdon. I sort of feel, in retrospect, that they fell in love with Brolo's excellent three point yeah, shooting year, and we're like. Year. He's a perimeter player, so we'll pay him and center, right. and we'll get his brother too. And yo, hey, ditto. I love Brolo. I love yeah. Brooke Lopez more than anybody. Uh, 
but he's not a perimeter player and he's not he's not a a perimeter defender rather yeah and that's what you actually need more than ever you need guys that can like run in between (laughs) the basket and the three-point line swiftly rather than a dude like brolo who you know takes several seconds um cp3 has two more years left with his option after this for 41 million and then for 44 million that makes it difficult to find a team for him because you need to have that amount of space I don't think he would want to go to a shitty team that has a lot of space for no reason. Naturally. I'm wondering if maybe a team like money's coming off the books for Toronto. If Fred Van Vliet left, would that be a spot for CP three? Interesting. But then would would that, would you not feel like there's kind of going to be a butting of the heads in Kyle Lowry and CP three in terms of, See, I don't know, though, because, like, those two dudes seem to respect each other a hell of a lot, and they both had to, like, grind to get where they are. Yeah. Um, It also seems like Toronto's, like, having two ball handlers has really, really worked for them. Having two distributors yes, out there that's super true. really, really works. So, and if Kemba's shot had been falling last night, then that really, really works with him and Marcus Smart, too. Yep. So I think having two distributors is good, two ball handlers, two people that can create offense. CP3, like, he's not going to go to Houston, obviously. He's not going to go to Phoenix unless you trade Rubio, um, which, fine, sure, if he wants to team up with that team, sure. Why yeah. not? That's cool. Utah, no. Portland, no. Sacramento, no. <laughs> um. You know, Miami, maybe, maybe. Interesting. I could see that. Right. Like he, but then you'd have to be trading like several of the dudes that help that wave attack. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, for the, for the thunder, you're going to be getting some nice pieces back if you trade with Miami. So they would love that. Yeah. But how about something that would be a little bit sentimental how about back to New Orleans? How about we take Drew back? Um, you know, maybe maybe Lonzo too. Do you feel like do you feel like the bad blood can has has subsided? Because let me tell you, very few people in this league hold a grudge quite like Chris Paul. Sure, but there's bad blood, and then there's Zion and Brandon yes. Ingram. Yes. So. Also, the owner, the when or he was improved. playing there, is dead, right? It's his wife who's in charge now, so yes, maybe that's true. that doesn't matter as much. Also, you know, like Katrina, the his, like that's one of the reasons why Chris Paul in OKC in Houston was also sentimental because of the trio of cities around what happened during the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like you don't want to, you know, Minnesota, no. Indiana, no. no. So I, Chicago, maybe, maybe Chicago. Interesting. Like that could be a big market team that could probably make that trade, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And maybe (laughs) what if, uh, hear me out. What if the Chicago Bulls sign Billy Donovan as their head coach and trade for CP3? (laughs) That's funny. That would be great. That would be so Chicago. There is one out of left field 
Ooh, that I'm here I for it. To ask you about. I'm here for it. Don't tell me Kemba for the Celtics. No. <laughs> CP3 for Kristaps. Oh. Then you have two distributors, but one of them's a forward, and one of them's the point god. Kristaps being seven two and like injuries, and eh, I don't know. I guess the main question is: is do, like does that accelerate the Mavericks timeline too quickly? Right, Wait, because it then it's like okay, well, because we like have Chris a Paul, good backcourt, right. sort of. Well, it's like Chris Paul realistically has three prime years left or three good years left maybe yeah his next contract will be like you're on the downward right so the question is is like if you're trading chris Stapps, a young latvian player paired with another young latvian player both under contract if you're trading chris Stapps for cp3 then you think that the addition of cp3 makes the mavericks a like finals contender in the next two to three years. And I'm not I do, sure for two reasons. That. Oh, okay. Uh, Christops may be younger, but is just as not injury prone, but just sure. as vulnerable to injury. Injuries are obviously player. will forever be a part of his, uh, his career. As you said, he is under contract, but he's under contract for longer than CP three. If CP, if you make that trade, then you're out of the contract in two years. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. work out, Luca's still just seven years old. Like you have <laughs> plenty of, true. and then you have a ton of cap room okay. to maybe get somebody else. Yeah. So, that's, and, that's and it's Dallas bad. and they, and they, I mean, they do shit like that all the time. The fact that they oh. have Luca. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's one of these instances where like you hit the draft and you're like, great. Now we're playing with house money. Uh, let's kind of just like throw pieces around him and see what happens. Now, ultimately you don't want to what happened be what happened with Anthony Davis in New Orleans, where they traded for Drew holiday. I think too soon. I think you needed like two, three years of Anthony Davis, like having the Pelicans be really shitty. I mean, it's kind of the, the Timberwolves method where it's, I mean, I don't know if this is just the Timberwolves through just bad roster construction, or if this was an organized plan, but it's like, let's be shitty for the first couple of years of this all-stars career we can then collect draft capital we can then collect you know let play a lot of young players let them develop and then hit the ground running and let's do something i mean they have the first overall pick obviously this draft isn't there's no clear number one guy so it's not the best draft to have to win first overall but you've got that along with d'angelo russell and big cat so i'm just it would be interesting to see whether or not mark cuban i think is an owner who would do something like that who would be like i just saw chris paul take this like no name not no name but this this no team that no name a, Stephen sure. adams was the only person left on that well team, i mean I, we love sga that, we love sga sure so but he's been a, but yes a no name team to to the playoffs in the West, which has been, you know, widely regarded as one of the more difficult division, you know, it's the more difficult conference to, to get into the playoffs, to be a top, you know, eight team there. Um, I'm, I like it. I like it as a, as a super sleeper team uh, and one that maybe people aren't going to nest. Cause I feel like the Knicks, the Bucks, um, 
any of the LA teams are going to obviously be batted around as like, you know, these are clear cuts, maybe even the Sixers as like, you know, let's try to sure. fix things with, with Joel and build around those two. But I like them as a, as a dark horse, like maybe, maybe it is Luca with another, you know, ball distributor in the backcourt and, uh, and they can figure out the front court from there. Cause you're right. Chris stops while being the unicorn and showing flashes of it this year, you know, there's, there's worry of a, of a seven foot two man getting older and you have in, in a big contract that you're not gonna be able to get out from under as he gets older. It's so hard for teams when they have young stars that they know can just get them to the playoffs on their own. It's so hard to thread the needle where you keep enough ammo dry so that you can always replenish every season, but also try to surround them with players that will make them better. And that yep. will improve their play and that will give them success, which they are going to want. If you don't give them success, they're probably not going to stay. If you give them too many vets, then you don't have any room to maneuver. Yep. So it's so, so, so hard. Most teams fail, even good teams, even a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. Turns out yeah. they drafted really, really, really shitty since Giannis. They took Jabari in front of Joel Embiid. They made really shitty decisions. They gave big money when they didn't need to, and they got rid of good young players when they didn't need to, and they still almost got to the Eastern Conference Finals because of how good their players are. It's with a team like the Mavericks, where Luka is a baby, but is one of the best seven players in the league right now, I would be like, yo, Luka, we're going to try to shoot the moon with you, and then when if it doesn't work out, you'll still only be 22 and we'll have another 13 years to rebuild and you get all the money and like, blah, blah, blah. Also, Kristaps Porzingis, could he have played in the Raptors Celtics game? No, 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 he could not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It also, I mean, there's also like, how much would you love, even just the two years of CP3 being able to pass all of his knowledge onto Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Like, excellent, let's also talk about Luca, you know, five year old Luca absorbing the knowledge of the point god. That would be pretty fucking absurd and dangerous and scary for the rest of the league. And like, one of the things that people don't talk about CP3 enough, in my opinion, is that he knows how to play with superstars, he mm-hmm. knows how to play with exceptionally. Yeah. In, I, I mean, mean, think about it. Blake Lob Griffin. Yep, yeah. Blake Griffin. And then he went to Houston with James Harden and now is, uh, you know, well, okay, Dude, she is. And New Orleans wasn't a car, it wasn't a trash fire when he was sure. there. It's like he, he makes teams better. He always, always does. It, it, it seems like every team should want him. And also, yeah, his contract is extremely expensive over the next two years. It's just two years. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if it does, if, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out next year, you can trade him. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Mm-hmm. So I think whoever gets him, they're going to be extremely happy. Um, if he went to Milwaukee, and they were able to keep Middleton and Giannis, then I think that team is incredibly be, dangerous. Yeah, that would be a good fucking team. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's all I've got. Is any final parting thoughts? Well, it's uh, it's Lakers Houston tonight. Lakers are up two one. 
This so is Natty's Thursday gonna evening. Tell you about the game once everyone's already seen it while listening to this. Right. I'm. I'm just wondering <laughs> if you do you think it gets tied tonight, or do you think the Lakers go up three one? I think Lakers go up three one. I mean, especially since uh, what's his name isn't playing. Daniel House. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel House. Whoops. <laughs> like, yeah, that's hey man. Hey a man. little rough. <laughs> gotta, gotta, dude. But you know, playoff Rondo. This is as a Celtics fan, you remember. I do this. love. I do love me some playoff Rondo. I right. Playoff in, Rondo is in a, a rare certain beast. playoff series. He was better than LeBron James ten years ago. In, so. In every playoff series, he has bid Rondo is the best player. He is somehow just in the playoffs. That man hits a whole nother level. And, and it's he plays a, better a on national television. It, like, it's oh, just, yeah. I love how cantankerous and old Manny he seems. From, <laughs> like, from like the instance, instant he yeah. entered the league. Like that was, totally. and it's, and that's why it was just like incredible. Speaking of like beautiful partners of mentors, the fact that he and KG spent significant seasons together is mm-hmm. just Mwah, chef kiss because the two of those guys are just made it it will forever crush my soul that uh kg and marcus smart didn't overlap there's uh, i mean kg my god he is like still kg such... and marcus i love kg and if if we could see a kg today that had grown up like trying to develop a three-point shot like a Ooh. deadly one just Ooh unreal unreal unstoppable he would be unstoppable all right well make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher uh that is where you'll not only find us but also fantasy baseball and fantasy football uh so if you play either of those make sure you tune in also i realize we haven't been saying this we are also a website just throwing it out there Uh, (laughs) if you want if you're not a list, you know, if you're like, oh, I'd love to read more, well, fateteams.com. We cover all fantasy sports. So make sure you check us out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. And uh, Natty, I will talk to you. I will possibly talk to you next week. We'll see. We'll see how game right. seven goes. It could, <laughs> right. be, it could be that you are now so, doing this podcast solo from here on out. Hug your family. Tell them you love them. I hope you get through it. Um, Thank you. And you know, enjoy. Like this is just one of the best series in a long time, and I'm I'm really I was just so happy. I was so it's, happy it didn't end with the bad shit at the end of regulation. You know, like they yeah. got two more tries. Oh, yeah, game seven is yeah. gonna take years off my life. Until next week. All right, bud. Stay safe. Be healthy. Yeah.